Good morning, everyone. Good to see you all. Uh, if you are a guest today, welcome. Thanks for worshiping with us. I'm Pastor Ryan. I'm the pastor here at Anchor. If you're worshiping with us online, thanks for tuning in. So glad to have you. Uh, really quickly, I wanted to tag on to what Dylan said about the Easter invites. There's probably not a more easy time to invite somebody to church than Easter. Like, I feel like most people are looking for an excuse to go to church on that day. Like, they don't, like if they don't go to church, they probably don't have a church that they associate with. So, like... Easter's a really easy time to invite somebody. We're going to have Easter invites at the welcome table after service. Uh, we have about 500 of them. So take as many as you'd like and give them away. Invite people. We'd love to have the house packed out for Easter Sunday. Um, we are uh, going to conclude our two-week financial series today called Beyond Your Means. But before I dive into the message, I wanted to introduce you to uh, a new friend. Um, I talked about her last week, and I talked about her a few weeks ago. Um, I just, I, I love her heart and what she's doing. Uh, would you give it up as she comes forward for Martha Gary? Give it up for her this morning. All right, Martha, thanks for being here today. I, I wanted you um, to just take a few moments and just share with us what you do and why. So, um, yeah, let us hear from you. Thank you for inviting me today. I really appreciate the chance to be here. I've got some props, so I, I'm short, so this might work for me. All right. So thank you again for inviting me here. And... I'm just going to take a few minutes of your time. I'm going to ask you to think about some things and, and, and share a few thoughts. So I'm with Milford Advocacy for the Homeless, and I'm the president and the founder of it. Our organization is a 501c3, and a couple years ago, God put it on my heart to start an organization like this. I've always worked with the homeless. Family of mine have been homeless, and so I know the struggle. And it's often easy for people to just say, oh, I know about the homeless, I know, you know, what their plate is. But I'm just going to bring it home for you today just a little bit. When you're thirsty, where do you go? You go to the refrigerator, you grab some water, you either get a bottle of water, or you go to the sink and you turn on your faucet. What if you couldn't do that? What if this bottle was life to you every single day because you didn't have some place to get water. I'm going to talk about something sensitive here. When you wanted to go to the bathroom, what do you do? Oh, I have to go to the bathroom. You go into the bathroom, you do your thing. You have toilet paper to make sure you clean up after your thing. And then you flush. What, it, what happens if you don't have a bathroom? Where would you go? Think about in our community. Since COVID hit, there are very few water fountains. There were a few to begin with, but there are even less now. You probably didn't even notice. There are no public bathrooms. Thanks to our city, in the next couple of months, they're going to be creating one, uh, building one in, in town. But where would you go to the bathroom? Unless you're soliciting a business, where are you going to go? Have you ever gone to the bathroom in the woods? I have. I've gone camping. There's usually none of this. 
And even if there were, what would you do with it? How clean are you this morning? Raise your hand if you got a, a bath or a shower. Pretty much everybody, right? This is something you've probably never heard about. This is what makes homeless feel human. It's a bath. There's 25 baths in here. Water, something they desperately need. A little bit of water, probably too much. And all of a sudden, look what's happening. I'm getting soap. Mmm, smells good. I can wash my hands. I can wash my body with a teeny bit. You see how much water I used? Teeny bit of water and one of these. And all of a sudden, they feel like a human being again because I'm clean. They can wash their hair. They can wash their face. You don't even have to rinse this off. That's how cool this is. Now imagine, you've been camping. How many of you camp? Okay, so you get it. How many of you would go the whole weekend without a shower, without feeling really yucky? Okay, so we need to be clean. Where are they getting their showers? Where are they getting their baths? Milford Advocacy for the Homeless, what we look to do is to help them with some of those essential things. Every day, we're making sure that they get water, they get food, they have a place to go to the bathroom, they have a place to get showers. We partner with the community, individuals like yourselves and organizations like yourselves. And so we have, you probably don't know because it's, it's not something everyone talks about, but Brandywine has a drop-in center. It's located behind McDonald's Anyone from the community is welcome to go there. We help provide them with food, clothing, any kind of things that they need, like these, they're called sponges, bath sponges. And so they're open from seven to three every single day, Monday through Friday. But what happens when they're closed? What happens if they're working? And we have an awful lot, and more and more every day as we partner of people who are working. We have bus drivers. We have people who um, are carpenters. We have people that are doing all kinds of jobs and they're working, but they just can't afford housing. Housing in our area is extremely expensive. So what are we trying to do? We're trying to do a couple things. One, make sure that no one goes without a meal any single day. That's our top priority. Second, making sure that you have clothing so that you can show up with something that you can be proud to be wearing. The third, is whatever else that we can do for them, whether it's getting their IDs or um, getting them transportation. So these are the types of things we're trying to do. Code Purple just ended. Code Purple runs December through March. Code Purple begins at nine o'clock at night and ends at seven o'clock in the morning every day. So they have some place to go. There's still time where there's no place to go. And what do they do? So I'm here today to share with you that we need your help. I heard it's Tithing Sunday. I come from a family of preachers, so I'm just going to say tithing is not just your money. It's your time and your talent. 
So if you feel, after hearing your pastor today, that you might want to volunteer, we have volunteer opportunities. We would love for you to give if you have 30 minutes. We would love to use those 30 minutes to do something. We sort clothes. We um, do fundraisers. We do grants. Um, we feed people every single day, so we need cooks. We need people to deliver. We simply need drivers because we don't have a building like you. We don't have a building. And so having a way to get around and drive things from place to place is really key. Um, so we have a group of just drivers. Our vision is to have a community center. That community center would be open to anybody in the community who needed food, needed water, needed clothing, needed um, help getting their identifications, needed a group to uh, support them, needed a church to go to. So we'd like to get a community center, and that is on our list of things that we would like to do. The second is we would like to get a bus, a minibus. And why a minibus? Would we accept anything else? We sure would. But we have a vision for a minibus because we pick up people from the hospital. And yes, no offense to the hospital because they're doing their part. Everybody has a part to play. But they'll, they'll release people and they don't have any place to go. So they come with contraptions, right? Walkers and things like that. So we, we go pick them up. And if Code Purple is open, we take them to Code Purple. So we need transportation for that. But imagine just for a second a minibus that was some obnoxious color. And, and you know, so you would see it. And it had stops that it made. And at each stop, you had the opportunity to go in and get something to eat, some canned goods or some other pantry types of stuff that you needed to be able to uh, make dinner because if you spent money on dinner, you couldn't pay your rent you would be able to go and sit down and eat, which is something that many can't do. And on the back, we would have some bicycles that we would give away for you to have your own transportation. That's our vision. And so we're here today to just ask if you see it in your heart to either volunteer or to financially help us in any way, we would greatly appreciate it because we are just a name. <laughs> M-A-H, what most people call us, is just a name. Without people, without community, we are nothing. With you, your help, and your support, and especially your prayers, because I am a believer, and I believe your prayers go even further than anything else, I would greatly appreciate it, and I appreciate your time today. Thank you. Martha, thank you. Yes, yes, thank you. Um, my belief, and I shared this with Martha the first time I met her, the, my belief is that God's heart breaks for the vulnerable. People who are marginalized and kind of cast aside, people who can't care for themselves or, or unable to care for themselves, God's heart breaks for those people. He loves us all, but his heart breaks for people in vulnerable positions. And, and the homeless in our community are some of the, some of the most vulnerable. And so... Um, I just, I feel very strongly that, that, that we should invest rightly in that direction. And so, um, like I said, uh, we're going to take, we're going to take a special offering toward, for them toward the end of service. But, um, 
Today, uh, we're concluding our Beyond Your Means financial series, and um, it's just part two. I, if there's a title, I'm just, it's tithing. Today, I'm going to talk about tithing, and I'm going to answer a few questions around tithing, but first, I wanted to share a, a little uh, anecdote with you that I thought was funny. Um, so two men stranded on a deserted island with no way of getting off this island by themselves. The first man was pacing back and forth, just really worried and scared. How in the world are we going to get off of this island? Are we going to die here? He's just really worried. The second man sprawled out in the sand, shirt off, laying back, soaking up the sun. First man looks at the second man in disgust. Aren't you worried? Aren't you worried we're going to die? The second man looked at him and said, I'm not worried at all. I make $100,000 a week and I tithe faithfully to my church. My pastor will find me. <laughs> it's a funny, funny little joke about tithing to break the ice. Um, that's what we're, we're talking about today. We're going to talk about tithing. Um, and I use a joke to break the ice because um, this topic can be awkward sometimes. It can be difficult uh, to talk about for everyone. Um, there are many people who uh, have different ideas about what tithing actually is. There are many di people who have different ideas of whether or not tithing is actually valid for Christians today. There are many people who don't understand what the purpose of tithing is. Uh, so there's, there's that. Um, this subject matter is often difficult for pastors to, to talk about too because, we, we, hey, we like talking about God's love and his grace and his mercy, right? That's what, that's what we want to talk about. But... This subject matter of, of money and tithing and, and how we invest and, and being accountable for the, the way we steward the resources, that is a, uh, an integral part of the discipleship process. As uncomfortable as it can be, money and, and our relationship with it is an is a, a important part of the, of the discipleship process. And so um, that's why I want to talk about this today. I want us to be able to uh, address it as far as our faith goes. Um, and unfortunately, like the way this subject has been um, talked about by other churches, the way it's presented, um, that's where the idea of the church just wants my money, that's where that comes from, because it's presented poorly. It's, it's um, some, some pastors talk about it too much, some pastors don't talk about it at all, and I think both of those extremes are incorrect. I think it needs to be addressed, but it's not, it's, <laughs> I don't know, some, it's, some people make it too important. So um, anyways, what is tithing? Is it still valid for today? What's the purpose for tithing? These are questions specifically that I want to answer today. Um, but first, I want to look at the Word of God, um, and I want to invite you to pray with me right now. Let's pray this morning. God, we love you. We thank you for your Word. We just ask, God, that you would meet us today. I, I pray, God, that your Word would go forth, that, that we would hear your heart in it, um, 
God, remove me. Take me out of the way. I, I pray, God, that you would shine today. Your word would shine. Your truth would shine. We love you. We give you praise. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. If you have a Bible, you can open it up or turn it on. Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. Uh, or as my grandma would say, Malachi, the Italian prophet. I'm going to say it every time I reference Malachi because I like it. I think it's funny. Um, Malachi chapter 3, starting in verse 6. It says this, I am the Lord and I do not change. That is why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. Up to this point in history, Israel has done everything possible to turn their backs on God. Since God rescued them out of Egypt, they've basically done everything they could could to run away from God. They've turned their backs on God and and God's response is this. I don't change. I long to show you mercy. I want to be patient with you. He could have wiped Israel off the face of the earth a long time ago, but he wants to have patience with them. He wants to show them mercy. Verse seven, ever since the days of our ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. But you ask, how can we return when we have never gone away? Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You've cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. This is a a sobering couple of verses because God calls out directly what they're doing. You've cheated me. You have cheated me. Well, how did we cheat you, oh God? You've cheated me of the tithes and offerings that are mine. They're mine. See, everything belongs to God, and if everything belongs to him, we can't give anything to him. We can only return back to him what's already his, and if God wants us to return back to him something as his stewards, it's, it's our obligation to do that, and when we don't do it, we're cheating him. We're cheating him. Verse 9, you are under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. Verse 10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. When the scripture says bring the tithe to the storehouse, what he means when he says storehouse is the temple that everybody gathers at to worship. That the corporate place of worship is where God's people are supposed to bring their tithes. Bring the whole tithe to the storehouse. Bring the tithes and the offerings. Then in the latter part of verse 10, God says, put me to the test. Test me in this and see if I won't pour out a blessing so great you won't be able to contain it. This is the only time in scripture that I've ever noticed or heard that God says, try me. Test me. In this, the only time God gives us permission to test him, come on, provoke me, which tells me God wants to bless us. God wants to bless you. He wants to bless me. He wants us to live in that blessing. That doesn't necessarily mean monetarily. It doesn't mean that, that he wants to like make us rich. It just means he is looking for a reason to bless us. He's not looking for a reason to smite us, as so many people think. He's not looking for people to, or, or he's not looking for a reason to punish us. He's looking for a reason to bless us. Try me in this and see if I won't pour out a blessing so great you can't, you can't contain it all. 
Verse 11, your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before uh, they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The nations will call you blessed. God's reasoning for, for blessing us is twofold. He wants us to live well. He wants us to, to have good things. But when we live in the blessings of God, the world takes notice. When we live in God's blessings and it's, it's apparent, the world notices. He wants the world to see how blessed we are because it draws people to himself. So Israel, disobeying, they're acting all kinds of crazy, and God proclaims, I want to show you mercy. I want to be patient with you. Do these things and I will bless you. Do these things and I will bless you. But they've got to understand that the resources that God has given them are ultimately not theirs. The resources belong to God. And if they, if they do what God is instructing them to do, he will bless them beyond anything they could probably imagine. Bring the whole tithe to the storehouse. This verse gets recited probably thousands upon thousands of times every week in churches across the world talking about tithes and giving and, and all that. But there are many Christ followers who don't know what a tithe actually is. There are many Christ followers that don't know if the tithe is actually valid today. There are many Christ followers who don't know what the purpose of tithing is. And today I want to answer those specific questions. These questions that, that people have, but they don't necessarily like know how to ask these questions or they don't necessarily feel comfortable asking these questions. So the first question I want to address today is that, what, what is a tithe? What is a tithe? Genesis chapter 28 verse 22 says this, this memorial pillar I have set up will become a place of worship or for worshiping God and I will present to God a tenth of everything he gives me. Tithe is a, a, a pretty churchy word. Um, you don't really hear that word today outside of the context of church, right? Um, so so it's, it's, I would call it inside language. It's, it's language that typically probably only people who go to church would know. But fun fact, did you know that tithing is not specific to the people of God? Before King Solomon, before King David, before Samson, before Moses, before Jacob and Isaac and Abraham. The Babylonian cultures tithed, the Mesopotamian cultures tithed, the Sumerian cultures tithed to their gods. Tithing is not specific to God's people. Tithing, tithing existed before Israel did. Fun fact. So what is it? What is a tithe? In, in this verse in Genesis 28, it tells us what a tithe is. A tithe is 10% of your income. It's 10% of, of, of what you earn through your toil. Uh, in some parts of the Bible, it's referred to as first fruits. And in, in the world of the Bible, uh, most people's uh, first fruits were crops or grain or livestock, that kind of thing. Um, today, income can come in a few different forms. Um, Obviously today, most people, like, you, we use dollars and cents as income, right? Like, we, we draw a paycheck from wherever we work, and we deposit that into the bank and all that, right? Like, that, that's the main form of income, but, but there are also other forms of income still. So, at the church we were at in Nebraska, there are farmers um, that 
um, they literally would give a tenth of their agricultural income in the form of seed or grain to the church. They would literally give it to the church. The church would then take it, sell it, and then use that profit for ministry. That, that is still a valid way that people tithe. Um, there's another form of income I've seen congregants uh, have tithed with, um, stocks. Some people think that, some people hear that and be like, Pastor Ryan, is that ethical? I'm not here to debate whether or not it's ethical. I've had that conversation with people before. I'm not here to debate whether or not it's ethical. I'm trying to make the point that people see it as income and they tithe on it. So um, give you an example. If I have 100 shares of Apple stock and I want to tithe on that, I'm going to give the church 10 shares of the Apple stock. The church would then take it and sell it and use the profit to do ministry. And I've seen that. Churches do that, right? So, so what is a tithe? It is... 10% of legitimate, like your legitimate income, right? And, and uh, if, if it's a way that you toil to earn money, like typically like Christ followers will tithe on it. Now, I know some people who are so detailed to the penny, they'll tithe on the gross income and not the net, not just the net. So gross income is your income before taxes are taken out. Net is after taxes are taken out. People I, I know people who are so who feel so convicted to to tithe on the gross because the the government takes their share and and if you tithe on the net it's not actually ten percent and all that and so like I mean ultimately like ultimately I think whether you tithe whether a person tithes gross or net that's between you and God but like th that's a practice some people observe now I've heard I've heard people give bad information in church as far as tithe is concerned. Um, I, I heard someone in ch a church service one time talk about tithing. They said this. Now, as far as the tithes go, it doesn't matter if you give 10%. It doesn't matter if you give 2%. God just wants you to give cheerfully. Now, while I believe that last part, God wants you to give cheerfully, what he said is wrong. The tithe is 10%. It's not 2%. It's not 3%. The tithe is not 30%. The tithe is 10%. 10%. That's what a tithe is. Anything that comes in from your toil is income, and typically people tithe on it. Now, Pastor Ryan, you said anything that comes in, does that include gifts? Ultimately, that's between you and God. Uh, I, I have a personal conviction that I don't believe that includes gifts because I didn't work to earn a gift. A gift is a blessing outside of anything I did to receive it, right? It's just, it's a blessing. So I have a conviction with the Lord that I don't feel like I need to tithe on a gift. But hey, if you feel like the Lord is moving you to tithe on a gift, obey him, not me, right? So, so that's, that's the biggest thing, obey him. So what is a tithe? The tithe is 10th of your income. It's your first fruits. That's the first question I wanted to uh, address today. The second question about tithing that I want to address today is this. Is the tithe still valid for today? Is the tithe still valid for today? 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 and 7 say this. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. There are many people who make the argument, the tithe is still valid, it's required because it's, in there. It's in the law of God, and God's words never change, right? There are people who argue that. I get that. There are people on the, other, on the other spectrum who say, no, like, that's all over. That's, that's all. 
Christians aren't required to tithe anymore. Jesus, Jesus fulfilled the law, and so we're not required to keep the law anymore. There, that, that's, that's a thing, too. I think, I think the truth is somewhere in the middle. Now, full honesty, full disclosure, this is a really hard conversation that Robin and I had this week. I'm, I'm sharing this with her, and, um, and she gets mad because she just feels like she'd been duped, but I'm like going through what I learned and, and all this stuff. And, you know, and, and it was, it was a hard conversation because it's challenged everything we've ever learned about tithing. And so I want to, I want to prepare you. This might ruffle some feathers, but like pray and ask God to, to speak to you, chew up the meat, spit out the bones, right? That, that was a, a, a good piece of advice that one of my mentors gave me once. So, um, but in, in an effort to be true to the word of God this morning, I want to share with you what I found in my study. According to, now, and very care, I want you to listen to me very carefully. I chose my words very, very deliberately for how I'm going to talk about this. So please pay attention to how I say things, right? According to my study, God does not include tithing in the new covenant, According to my study, God does not include tithing in the new covenant. But don't get the idea that this lets Christians off of the hook. Don't get the idea that this means, oh, we don't have to give anymore. Don't, don't get that idea. To say tithing is not a requirement of the new covenant is not the same thing as saying that God doesn't expect us to give. Those are two different statements. Tithing is not a requirement of the new covenant, but God still expects us to give. God, in a similar manner to tithing, he did provide for the work of advancing his kingdom through the generosity of church members. Again, in, in my study, I found that there's one and only requirement, there's uh, one and only one requirement outlined in the New Testament concerning how and when a Christian is, is to give to the work of the kingdom. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 1 and 2. It says, Now regarding your question about the money being collected for God's people in Jerusalem, you should follow the same procedure I gave, gave to the churches in Galatia. On the first day of each week, you should put aside a portion of the money you have earned. Don't wait until I get there and try to collect it all at once. Well, Pastor Ryan, are you saying I don't have to give anymore? No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you don't have to give. I'm not saying that uh, it's not an expectation that you don't give anymore. What I'm saying is that it's no longer required to make us right in the eyes of God. That's what I'm saying. Tithing as a part of the law was a way that, we, was a way that God's people were to be in right standing with him. That was nailed to the cross when Jesus was, according to Colossians chapter 2. When, when Jesus was nailed to the cross, all the laws were nailed to the cross with it. We're now made righteous in the eyes of God by faith and faith alone from start to finish, right? Romans 1. It's, it's the very first thing in Romans 1. Faith and faith alone is what makes us right in the eyes of God. Well, Pastor Ryan, are you saying I don't have to give? No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. What are you saying, Pastor Ryan? I'm saying that, that, I'm simply saying that tithing has no bearing on our standing with God. We're made right by faith and faith alone, but it's still an expectation. It's still an expectation. 
Tithing, 10% of your income, right? The first fruits, we, we went over that. Tithing to the Lord actually predates the law. Tithing predates the law of God. Like I said, um, it, it, was, it existed before the Israelites, but Abraham tithed to the Lord before the, before the Lord ever gave it as a law to Moses. In, 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 uh, in Deuteronomy, God gave Moses the law and, and he included tithing in it. But Abraham was tithing hundreds of years before that. Tithing is a principle that predates the law of God. So what does that mean? What does that mean? It means that we can't escape the principle of tithing. It's still a principle that we need to observe. It's still a principle that we need to uh, respect. It's a part of our heritage of being an, a descendant of Abraham. If your faith is in Jesus, the scripture says you're a descendant of Abraham, and that's a part of our heritage, tithing, giving to the Lord our first fruits. So to answer the question, is tithing valid? Yes, 100% it's still valid, and it's still an expectation of Christ followers. This is a hard thing to hear. The church just wants my money. I said this a lot last week. This is not about what I want from you. It's about what I want for you. It's not required by the law to make us in right standing, but it's still a principle that applies to the life of the Christ follower today. If you're anything like me and Robin, this information is, is, is rocking you a little bit. It, I, I was unsettled this week putting this message together because this kind of goes against what I was taught. Um, I will say this too, just really quickly. At humans, just generally, we're a bare minimum species. What I mean by that is if something's required of us, we're going to do the bare minimum to meet the requirement, but to save ourselves time, energy, resources. We're generally speaking, we're a bare minimum, we're a bare minimum uh, species. If God was to require by law still that we tithed, we would probably stop there and we'd probably never ask him, hey God, do you want me to give more? And eat it there in his presence. This applies to your tithes of grain, new wine, olive oil, and the firstborn males of your flocks and herds. Doing this will teach you always to fear the Lord your God. I said it earlier, many people have the attitude that the church just wants my money. That's why they ask for tithes. Or what on earth does a church need 10% of everyone's income for? This is not about what we want from you. This is about what we want for you. Tithing will teach you to always fear the Lord your God. Now, I don't have time to get into this, but fearing God is a good thing. It is a really good thing. And, and tithing helps us learn that fear of the Lord. Tithing actually produces trust. Fearing the Lord actually teaches us to trust him more and more. When we tithe, it teaches us to trust God. And in my opinion, not tithing is a clue that a Christ follower doesn't, not tithing is a clue that the Christ follower lacks trust in the Lord. This is a hard, this is a hard message, but we have to hear it today. Tithing is not an easy thing to start. It's not an easy thing to start if it's not something you already practice. Um, trust like that is really hard. It is. It's really hard, but, but it's so worth it. To be able to learn to trust God like that is invaluable. Invaluable. Um, 
I'm a living example of this. Full disclosure, I gave my life to the Lord at 18, and I didn't give the church a dime until I was 25 because I didn't trust God with that area of my life. I was scared to relinquish the, money, the hard-earned money that I, that I had. I, I didn't grow up with much, so the little bit that I got, I gripped really tightly, and I was really scared to let any of it go because I never wanted to go back to what I grew up in. But when Robin and I were going to get married, um, we made the decision, we're going to obey the, the call of God on our lives to return back to him the first fruits that he blesses us with and, and to be generous with the rest. We made that decision and we have been faithful to that, to that decision ever since. It, I mean, it hasn't been perfect and, and it hasn't always like, been easy, but, but we've been faithful to that decision. And I cannot believe the amount of trust I have in the Lord because of it. Not magically, right? It's not like I start, we start tithing and then magically, oh, trust God. Nope. Like over and over, I get to see him come through in our finances and that builds the trust. There, there, were, there were months where on paper, we had no idea how we were going to pay our bills and that was not even giving the tithe. We, we didn't know how we were going to pay our bills, but we remained faithful. We're going to tithe, God, because we trust you. We believe you that you're going to take care of us, and we never missed a payment. That is a real-life testimony. I'm not just fluffing. This isn't just like a, a pastor thing in, in a message, right? This is my real testimony as far as tithing goes. God always came through when we were faithful, always. And that's a byproduct of the purpose of tithing. When you tithe, you learn to trust God. That's, that's one of the purposes. The byproduct is, is the blessing that you receive. The byproduct of tithing is, is the, the blessing you receive. You get to experience the blessings of God in a real and tangible way in your life. Now, please don't hear me say, like, if you tithe, you're going to get rich. That's not what I'm saying. Um, I'm saying that when you tithe, God blesses you. God blesses us when we, when we give that 10%, when we give that first fruits, that, that blessing can come in, in different forms. It can, it can come in, the blessing could be supernatural peace that's, that's unshakable. The blessing could be unspeakable joy that can't be taken away from you. That could be the blessing. The blessing could be deeper intimacy with the Lord because you're learning to trust him. That could be the blessing that he gives you. God wants to bless you. And obeying the principle of the tithe can initiate great blessings in your life. I don't believe that Christians are cursed for not tithing, but I do believe that we miss out on incredible blessing when we refuse to, to return back to God what's his. Tithe means a tenth. It's the first fruit. We understand that. Many of us don't have a problem with that. Um, with a little research, though, I've come to understand that the word tithe not only means tenth, but it also means rich. When you tithe, you're rich. Not, not like you have enough money so you can tithe. The Brit, right? When you tithe, you are rich, no matter the amount of money you have. When you don't tithe, it doesn't matter how much money you have. You, you, you will never be rich because you're, you're, 
withholding from God what's his. You're, you're taking something that's sacred. It's set aside for the Lord with the purpose of teaching us how to trust him more. And when we withhold that, we can never be rich. Christ followers, I don't believe are cursed for not tithing, but we miss out on incredible blessing when we don't. Romans chapter 3, verse 20 it says, for no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. The requirement by law of God, as far as a tithe goes, that was nailed to the cross with Jesus. But the expectation to give is still there. It's still there. God wants us, God wants us to, to, to give with a cheerful heart. Really quickly, last, last thing, and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap up. Um, I, I made an observation this week um, about, about kind of these things, about um, just some things that Jesus said and, and how when Jesus, when Jesus spoke, he usually always called us to a higher standard. Think, think about this. When the law said, you, shouldn't, you shall not murder. What did Jesus say? He says, if you look at your brother with hate in your heart, you've already committed murder. He took it up a notch. He, he took it up a step. What, what else did Jesus say? The law says, you shall not commit adultery. Well, what did Jesus say? If you look at a woman lustfully, you've already committed adultery with her. He took it up a step. Uh, the way Jesus operates, he, he doesn't, he doesn't call us to lower standards. He calls us to higher standards. The law tells you to tithe. Well, Jesus actually told the rich young ruler, give everything. Give everything. Jesus is calling us to a higher standard, church. This is a hard message, but it's one I think we need to hear. It's one I think we need to allow the Lord to do some work in our lives. Now, I'm not here to tell anyone to do anything specifically. I want, I want you to pray. Pray honestly. Seek the Lord honestly in this area of your life and ask him to speak to you, and I guarantee you he'll do something. He'll do something incredible. He'll, he'll speak. He'll make it clear what he wants from you. This is not about what I want from you. This is about what I want for you. I want you to live in the blessing of the Lord. I want you to learn to fear God alone. I want you to learn to trust him more and more. That's what this pastor's heart wants. Let me pray for you this morning. God, we love you. We thank you for your word. It was a hard word this morning, God. I'm challenged by it. But God, I pray that, that you would speak to me by your Holy Spirit. And you would root the truth deep into my heart, deep into our hearts today, God, that, that we might be able to, um, God, we might be able to obey you. Teach us how to fear you more and more, God. Teach us how to trust you more and more. We love you, God. We give you praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Um, so really quickly, I want to I shift gears. Um, last week, I talked about taking a special offering for Milford Advocacy for the Homeless. Um, here at Anchor, we have five core values, right? Growing, learning, giving, reflecting, serving. 
Well, one of those, one of those uh, core values is giving. And the, the core values are attitudes and behaviors that help us accomplish the mission of knowing God and making him known. And, and we get the opportunity today to live out our core value of giving. Uh, last week, I presented the opportunity for us to be able to care for some people in our community who are down and out, who maybe can't care for themselves right now. And um, I've asked us to come prepared to give today in a, a special offering for Milford Advocacy for the Homeless. Um, today, I want, us, I want us to give as, a, as worship. I want our response to be giving out of worship to the Lord. So I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to allow us uh, some time to give the gifts that God is leading us to give today. Um, there, there are a couple ways that you can give to Milford Advocacy for the Homeless. You can go to give.anchormilford.com and give online. There's a drop down that says missions. If you want to do that, you're more than welcome to do that. There's also a basket right here that I, I'm going to invite you. If you have in-person giving, I want to invite you to come drop your, your um, offering in the basket. Now that might be hard for some people. That might be like, ooh, you want me to come up front? Nobody's gonna be looking. Nobody's gonna be like judging or anything. This is between you and God right now. I, I, I want us to really focus on, on our relationship with the God right, or with, with the Lord right now, what he's calling us to do. I want you to focus on you. I'm gonna focus on me. I'm not gonna be looking around. Nobody, none of that. Give online, give in person, or don't give at all. I just want you to be obedient. If God, is not, if God has not put on your heart to give, please don't give because it won't be blessed. If God has not told you to give anything, don't give. But if God has given you a number, he's, he's put on your heart, I wanna give this amount, be obedient to what he's leading you to do. So um, you, can, you can stay seated, you can continue to pray. Worship team's gonna lead us for a few minutes. Um, afterwards, um, just for a few, you know, few, after a few minutes, I'm gonna come up and I'm gonna uh, close us in prayer. Um, but yeah, let's, let's respond to the Lord. Let's, let's give joyfully today. Jesus, you're after our heart. You're after our heart. You want us to fear you alone. You want us to trust you more and more. You're after our heart. I pray, God, that by your Holy Spirit, we could learn to yield to you more. We could learn to trust you more and submit to you more and obey you more. Father, I love you. Father, I love you. You're a good father who wants to bless us. You're looking for a reason to bless us, God. Plant that truth into our heart today. God, thank you. Thank you for giving the opportunity to sow into your kingdom. Thank you for, for giving, giving us the opportunity to be able to play a small part in advancing your kingdom here at Milford. 
we love you, God. We thank you. We thank you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. It's not about what he wants from you. It's about what he wants for you. Remember that. A few next steps this week um, to, to take the message and, and apply it to our lives. Um, this message, or this week, I will pray and ask God to speak to me in the area of financial giving. I believe that God, we're not done. We're not done yet. We're always growing. We're always learning. And I believe God always wants to speak. And so I want to encourage you this week, pray and ask God to speak to you in that area of your life. Uh, the next one, next week, or this week, I will memorize 2 Corinthians 9, 7. You must decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And then finally, this week, I'll invite someone to Easter at Anchor. Like I said earlier, Easter is probably the easiest time to invite somebody. We have uh, invites um, for you um, on your way out. Um, so, so grab some and, and let's invite some people to, to hear about the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, let me say one last prayer and then we can be dismissed. Thank you, God. We love you. We give you praise and honor and glory. May the grace, mercy, and peace of God be with you all in truth and love. Amen. 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 Thanks for being here, everybody. Thanks for worshiping with us today. We will see you next week.